Sophie Hawkins, welcome to you. Hi. And how are you today? That was the most beautiful intro I've ever heard. Yeah, I do my best, you know. <laughs> You're really good. <laughs> I'm really glad to be talking to you today. And you, thank you so much for joining, joining me here, Sophie. I know that you are recording today, from what I understand, from uh, my colleague Pat O'Brien, and, and we really do thank you for, for spending time with us. No, this is great. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. We obviously have a dreadful situation in the Gulf. This oil spill is clearly very much out of control, and uh, we have a lot of people here arguing with each other over the problem rather than coming to some fast solutions, and I know that you have written this and sing this incredible track, The Land, the Sea, and the Sky. How did that come about? I'm so glad you said that that people aren't knowing what action to take. Um, it came about because when it happened, really my manager, T.G. Gaston, who's a very active activist, said, you've got to do something immediately. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. She called me up crying. Look at the pictures. Look at the pictures. And so I got on it. And um, it was really lucky that I had this show in San Diego where I could really focus my energy to get the song done, get it up there, and start promoting the Waterkeeper Alliance, which came from just all these activists I knew said, you've got to really work with these people. They're out there now. They're testing. They're cleaning. They're working with the local fisher folk. You've got to get on with them because they're, like you said in your intro, they're really reputable. They've been doing it forever. They're, they have no money. They really need help. And they were already on the scene. So that's how it came about, really just this wanting to do something fast. And I thought, basically, I was slow. It's really weird to realize that I was one of the only people who was kind of publicly reacting that way. What about the Hollywood crowd, Sophie? Do you think that they are doing enough in this situation? No, and I think it's because they don't know what to do. I mean, the thing is, um, because Gigi and I and all my friends around are used to working under extreme situations, as are the Waterkeeper Alliance people and, and most actors, you know, we're not used to looking around and saying, what should I do? We're just used to going in and doing something. Maybe, in a sense... The thing that um, galvanized Hollywood to to support Haiti was the fact that there was so much press, so much media, and there was this demand, you must do something, you must text $5, you must help now. But there was really nothing being told to people what to do for the Gulf. So if you didn't already have that internal sense of action, you weren't going to do anything. That's the only thing I can think. And then the only other thing I can think is perhaps, you know, people thought it's it's a government issue or it's a BP issue, which there's really nothing we can do, which couldn't be further from the truth. I wonder if people are not scared at this stage. We've seen the Haiti situation. I'm going to bring on Pat O'Brien, my colleague who is a veteran, amazing veteran investigative journalist who has been covering both Haiti and the BP situation shortly. But we see Haiti and we see all these the celebrities come together and these funds collected, but in actual right. fact find that, that really nothing has happened down there, and in fact very few of the funds have actually landed at source. So I suppose in many ways people are reluctant to do anything. They feel that their hands are tied. Wow. First of all, that's an interesting perspective, and, and that's the first I heard of it. I didn't know that they hadn't gotten hold of the money in Haiti. Oh, well, maybe, but I don't think that's why people aren't contributing to the Gulf. 
I just don't think that they, maybe it's not sexy or does it make you look cool? I don't know. You know, it seems to me that this is like the worst thing that could ever happen to the world. One of the worst things that could ever happen because it's not stopped. And it seems to me that everyone would be saying, we've got to do something, we've got to do something right now. I mean, honestly, if I was a, a, a teenager on summer vacation, I would be saying, let's get a busload of kids down there and let's throw hay on it because even the, that would help. Well, there's obviously a reluctance here of the federal government to allow anybody near that area. Um, Why? Well, I may at this stage bring bring Pat O'Brien in is, if okay. Pat is available. Are you with us, Pat? Of course I'm with you. There you are, Pat. How are you today? I'm good and great, David. Uh, Sophie, I just want to tell you, um, 1992, I was going through one of the toughest times in my life, and I heard your song, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. And that got me through one of the most difficult time periods in my life. Wow. What a beautiful song. Wow, thank you. I think that to put a perspective on it, Sophie, in, in response to your, your question there, and I, I hope that we can ask Pat here very briefly what the situation is down there, because I know the strength of music. I know the strength of what you're doing here, Sophie, and, and it is an amazing piece. And it's great that you have stepped up when possibly so many in Hollywood m may be reluctant to do so. But to give us a perspective, Pat, uh, you, you're in Florida, uh, and I know that you have been reporting on this, investigating this for, for many weeks. How would you place this out as a picture of what we're facing? Well, you know, the worst-case scenario is that if a hurricane were to come up into the Gulf right now, would be the worst-case scenario. And we are in, we're deep into the hurricane season, and I say oh. deep, uh, we're, we're two weeks in. Well, normally we have a hurricane by now. Um, so this uh, distribution of all the oil that we have talked about in previous programs, more than what the public knows, um, uh, I'm, I'm certain that um, what Sophie is doing is going to be so much needed in the very near future, and that's helped to these people that are going to go through tragedy, including myself. I'm, I'm sitting here on the opposite side of the coast, uh, just below the Kennedy Space Center, and um, with what I know and what I can uh, glean out of the news and, of course, being investigating the story uh, since about day seven as a serious journalist, I'm extremely concerned from what I'm seeing. And um, I know that what Sophie is doing by raising funds and getting others to do the same thing is going to be hugely important for people like me. We're, we could be in a worst-case scenario here where we literally have to leave the state of Florida if this wow. uh, uh, product that they're using corrects it isn't stopped. That's one of the programs that we're, right. you know, one of the issues that we're going to get into at the bottom side of this program. But if this product isn't stopped being used and the amount of poison and the amount of oil that is going into the Gulf, um, this whole state of Florida could easily be wrapped in it. Can I and ask you, can I ask you, Sophie, um, you are East Coast, uh, sometimes West Coast based? Basically, yeah. I used to be on the East Coast, but now I've expanded. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that people in your area, in your business, 
have any real true picture of the extent of the damage that this no. is doing? No, I don't. I think if people did, they'd be on it. And that's why we have to get some big wigs. You know, really, we've got to get pictures out there. We've got to get people doing commercials and hotlines. We've got to really step it up to a major crisis level. Like Just like Pat just said, this is such a huge crisis. And it doesn't make any sense to be blaming BP right now. And it doesn't even be making sense to blame the people in the government who never monitored BP and all that. I mean, it is good to talk about, but it's better to talk about after we fix it, in a way. Like, and, you know, um, like the Waterkeeper Alliance, they can train people. They actually need money to... Like, you, okay, a couple of things. You just talked about the toxins. They were the first ones to tell the EPA, hey, you've got to stop them from dumping these toxins. They're more, they're more toxic than the oil. So that's why these people need money for testing, and not only just for cleaning, but for testing. They're testing every hour with the fishermen. So the money has to be used in so many ways, like you just said. And then they're talking about escrow accounts for, you know, that, that's all great, but we've got to get the oil out of the ocean. We've got to get the toxins out. Why aren't we doing it? Like, why aren't we training people and, you know, all the postal workers who don't really do anything? Let's get them down there. Let's train them. What about the people immediately with you, Sophie? Obviously, I know that you've been in the press a lot and you have criticized to some extent the government. Yeah. Do you, do you think possibly that the government... It's a poor situation, and there's no doubt about it in my mind that the government possibly hasn't got a clue what to do here, maybe undermanaged, but simply faced with a crisis that is completely out of their domain. Are there any thoughts that you would have, or do you think that people maybe would have in, in Los Angeles as to who would step in here to take mm. care of this? That's such. This is, this is why I keep saying the void of leadership. We have to fill it. I don't think Los Angeles is going to step up at this point. I think it has to come from the American people. It has to come from, like I said, college kids who are on summer break. The same people who are outraged enough to vote in President Obama because of the hope and change philosophy has to be saying, well, now is the time. This is the really testing point. Do we want hope and change or do we want to just go down as a, as a humanity, really? Because this is what it's all about. You know, all the activists who said, oh, this is so great, new attitude, new vibe, transparency. Well, what are we waiting for is my question. This is the crisis that really could bring us all together as Americans could get us saying, okay, well, obviously, there's nothing happening from the top too much, except for, you know, kind of, it's not my responsibility, there's nothing I can do, I can't plug the hole, which is, you know, who wants to hear that at this point? Maybe I could ask you, Pat O'Brien, that question. What is it that we really are waiting for at this stage? I don't know. It, you know we're day 57, and, and we're, we've got the president walking arm-in-arm arm with the governor of the state of Florida down the beach where you don't see any oil slick, uh, and everything is okay. Last night, our president, and I'm not trying to take party uh, things, but he's telling the people uh, eating fish at lunchtime, sitting with some of these parish people that know that they wouldn't eat the fish or the seafood that's coming out of the Gulf right now. He's eating fish and saying, hey, the, safe, the, the fish is safe to eat. Well, that's just not the truth. And uh, he's uh, going to be on television tonight, uh, and he's going to be pushing for 
uh, and not that I, I'm, I'm against this. I think we should be looking at other sources of energy. He's going to address the American public tonight, according to his press secretary, and he's going to be saying that we've got to start doing this, you know, a lot of wind and so on and so forth. It's going to take a long time for us to be able to get that energy from other places other than fossil fuels. And right. we're sitting, obviously, there's plenty of fossil fuel. We can look at it in our gulf like a bathtub. There's plenty of oil to run while we get these other energy uh, programs in place, but they're using it as uh, more of a lever to pass cap-and-trade instead of getting rid of the oil slick. And that, that just doesn't seem right to me. Let, that, me. let me ask you, Sophie, what's your expectations uh, for this, this uh, song that you've written? What are your expectations as far as numbers that you can sell? And, and what, is your, what is your plan of campaign with that to make sure that you can, you can really top the charts with this? I just hope someone wants to comp- says, well, if Sophie's doing it, I'm going to do it because I'm much more famous and I'm much bigger. I just, my expectations is, is, well, you're having me on your show right now. And I had that wonderful opportunity on the Fox and Friends. I mean, who knew that that could ever happen? I didn't even know I could get this much exposure with it. So I'm just hoping that someone else much more famous and much more powerful, many people say, well, I should be doing that. Um, so that would be good so that they get a lot of money and a lot of a lot of money and a lot of uh, exposure. Because I think you're saying all these things. I mean, if people don't realize right now that we cannot wait for government to take care of us, then they're not going to realize it. So the people who are awake, we have to start really taking action. And that's what I think the message in this is, is that there is no Messiah. There is no point at which America will just suddenly be cleansed of all our past sins and we'll be operating smoothly. You are right, both of you. This is going to be a long transition into alternative energy. It is a great opportunity to start learning about it, but this is a really greater opportunity for us to come together and realize that we need to lead the country. Because, And in a way, you know that saying, we get the government we deserve? Well, here we are. And I think that it's been going this way a long time, and now it's time for us Americans to take responsibility and take a hold of the situation and, you know, really compassionately start dealing with this. And so my song may be a drop in the bucket, but so what if it gets somebody else to do something? That's the whole point. It's sort of like a domino effect. What has the response been with you, Sophie? Have you had anybody call in and respond to to what you're doing there? I'm supposing that since, <laughs> you know, the, the, almost the greatest thing that happened to me was the Fox and Friends because it was more controversial. And I think that's what may, might make people say, you know, she's wrong. We're going to start doing something. No, there hasn't been anybody calling me yet. But I have to say, I thought my fans were going to be very upset with me for being so, I guess, honest. They were really supportive. And I think that at least people who like my music and the shows I've been doing, all the merchandise has been going to the Waterkeeper Alliance, people have been so supportive and they think it's great that I'm honest. And in fact, people have said, I don't have to agree with you on every point, which of course, because Americans are individuals, we're not lumped into these coarse groups, like the media keeps trying to say, you know, we're all this or all that. We're all different, but we all come together beautifully when we're not being separated for some reason, which is to control us. So let's just wake up. 
Can you tell me a bit about the Waterkeeper Alliance? What exactly is their mandate? Well, the thing about them is they're international, like you said, and on a practical level, one of the things they stress is they work with the local fisher folk, testing every hour, cleaning, trying to get them back on their feet, giving, um, I guess, a prognosis and diagnosis of what the, what the fish and the turtles and the dolphins and the sky are actually how damaged they really are, what we're really in for. So it's really good because the EPA is not transparent at all, as you know. So they are telling the truth. And if you go to their web- website, waterkeeperalliance.org, you get an hourly update of everything they're doing, and you really learn the truth of the situation. So in a way, it's like going to the toughest top surgeons of the ocean to get the real deal. In regards to that, is there not a concern that actually private organizations like this are, are actually not being given access to help on the shorelines? I think this could be a possible problem that we're facing here, Sophie, is that uh, nobody uh, from the public is allowed to get near this area. It's, wow. it's, it's effectively become a warning area, so I'm concerned as to how organizations such as the one that you're citing here and supporting is going to actually be able to have an impact on this. Then we've really got to be self-directed because I can't imagine the reason because the Waterkeeper Alliance is training volunteers every day how to safely clean birds and clean the oil. So I don't understand why they wouldn't be allowed because they're really equipped. But I can understand that that might happen, like the mysteries of why we refused help from this country and that country and whatever. And I'm trying to, in a way, I'm trying to stay off the government, David, because... They're not helping, and we're going to get waylaid. They're going to, this is going to bring us down as a country. Like, Americans in our very genes, we are people who want the government to serve the society, and we've become a society where the government is supposed to serve us. It is completely anathema to who we are. So we have to, like I said, stop waiting and stop looking for them to make sense because they're completely irrational to the common man. Sophie, one of the things that um, you know I think is really is what what you're saying here is that it's kind of a America stand up, take notice. It doesn't matter if you were left leaning. I know you were involved with the Clinton campaign or leaning. Uh, it really doesn't matter. It's a matter of standing up as Americans and uh, and you know letting our voices be known that don't we you don't want. I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's exactly it. Who cares whether you love Sarah Palin or hate her or whatever? You know, everyone who is fighting for this country is fighting for a great thing. It's called America. So, yeah, and I agree with you. It, in fact, it's good that we're all different. Isn't that what we always used to love? No, you know, we talk about Hollywood. One, one person also that came out of Hollywood is Kevin Costner. Uh, as of today, uh, they negotiated a deal with BP that uh, is, he was working with his brother, and they have 32 uh, machines that they have sold BP. They're like centrifuges that will uh, can process the oil very quickly uh, and get those machines into the sea. They, they plan within a couple of days that they'll have 32 of these machines online. Wow. There is so much technology that is involved with this, um, uh, you know, uh, we're uh, meeting uh, Thursday with uh, Governor Huckabee, who, if you watch Fox and Friends over the weekend, he had 
some 12 inventors, uh, 12, right. 13 inventors, that had ways to be able to stop up this oil quickly. If we could get BP to get out of the right. way, have the government get out of the way, talk, don't talk to me about EPA, and let these people go in there. Huckabee said on his program there were over a 1,000 people that they had interviewed that right. have solutions to the problem, and yet they're not allowed to work. And I know that to be the case. Gentleman on that they actually stole his formula. He was trying to help, and they bought the uh, chemical from him, and he, they actually stole his formula. Let me introduce at this stage uh, John Sheffield. Uh, John, thank you for joining us today. Um, I know that you are a CEO of Alabaster Corporation in, in Texas. I realize that you have extensive experience in, in chemical makeup and distribution. Could you give us uh, some thoughts on the situation in the Gulf? And, and just so you know, John, we do have Sophie Hawkins on the line uh, who has um, uh, provided, donated her, her wonderful uh, song towards a, a charity that is looking after this. And, of course, we have Pat O'Brien. But, John, could you tell us a bit about your position and what your feelings are about the state of the, not only the general state of the oil slick, but also the chemicals being used? Wow, it's a big question. Uh, probably, probably take more than one one interview to discuss that. But um, overwhelming frustration and fear at the moment—that's that's what I'm predominantly feeling about the situation. Um, you know, it it sounds it seems evident that it's a lot worse than um, we've been led to believe, um, and that's been discovered to be worse and worse on a daily basis. And then um, about the chemicals that have been used—that's again more frustration. Um, and part of the frustration is there's an awful lot of misinformation out there um, because of uh, just, just general misunderstanding about the chemistry or the toxicology, uh, as well as about the products that are available, whether they be dispersants or, or any of various products, such as our, our products, which are predominantly designed as bioremediation products, which are meant to encourage natural oil-eating microbes to help remediate the mess. Now, do you have actually chemicals uh, in your company as well as other companies that could go in and, and have less of a toxic aftermath? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Like I, like I said, um, the thing is there's so much misinformation. Um, you know, and, and it would be good for people to take the time to go to the EPA's website and look at some of the toxicology info just on the dispersants in question and then understand exactly what they're reading. Um, for instance, listeners could go to uh, do a Google search and type in EPA NCP, which is National Contingency Plan, and just type in the name of my product, Seabrat or PetroQueen. This possibly, Sophie, is, is good information for you. I'm, I'm thinking that yeah. you have an amazing, and I hope that, uh, that, that this is all constructive and good information for you, Sophie, because you're clearly uh, in this amazing position with this, this track, and obviously um, you're, you're being listened to, and, and what an amazing opportunity to, to listen to, to these gentlemen about the, the real situation uh, down there. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm... Listening with bated breath, and I wrote down. Yeah, it's C Brat, B R A T. And oh, that's B-R-A-T. the one that's classified as a dispersant. And okay. the PetroQueen is actually classified as a surface wash. Now, I can explain to you uh, later why the classifications come important, but the, the short of it is it's red tape. The products can be almost the same thing, but we're only allowed to be in one EPA category at a time. Let me ask you, though, John. Yeah. We know that there's many organizations around that have chemicals that are safe here. 
If they continue to use the chemical Corexit, we need to really find yeah. out the risks of this chemical and yeah, I'm yeah. sure other chemicals that are being used and I, I'm <laughs> like anything in life we're not going to hear that until later and, and after we see until we see the aftermath but if they continue to use the materials and the workers down there are exposed to this mm -hmm. and we do have a hurricane uh, as a, a chemistry background what are the implications for that whole area well it, it's not that you know, that's the thing is, there, like I said, misinformation. There is a lot of um, confusion as to just what are the implications of using that chemical. Uh, but most people don't know how to do the research and figure out just what that chemical is. Just to give our, our listeners kind of an update, um, mm -hmm. what, there are about 13 or 14, John, you would know better than I, but list of approved products mm -hmm. at the top of the toxicity list, number four is the product called Corexit. It's Corexic 9527A that they're using. And you may have to help me with the pronunciation of this, but butoxyethanol is in that product. And that seems to be the, the, the part of that product, the makeup of the product that is the most toxic. And as it, a it, matter of fact, that product, uh, Corexit, has been banned in the U.K. since 1998 following the Exxon Valdez deal, and that's what they used was that kind of corrected product with that butoxyethanol in it, and uh, it has been banned in the United Kingdom. Let me ask you, gentlemen, what information do we have on the ability of this chemical to harm uh, food crops on land, uh, to harm marine life, and most importantly, to harm humans. Is well, the there a risk here? Been done. It's been done by Exxon. It's, it's publicly available if you want to get on the Internet and look. And um, Actually, BP says it's uh, 9500A is the one they claim that they've been using mostly, and that product does not describe that ingredient. You see, they've got two or three products, but the one that they're saying, if you look at the ingredients that they show on the safety data sheets directly from that company, um, it looks like they're talking about, it's basically they're talking about something like kerosene and antifreeze. Now, I'm, that's basically what the ingredients are very similar to. And this comes from looking at their own material safety data sheets and looking at some history provided by Exxon researchers. The Exxon researchers show what's in Corex at 9500 or what originally was, and they describe the main ingredient as a solvent called Norpar. We're losing you, John, just so you know. Can I just go back to you, Sophie, um, listening to this information? What are your thoughts? I w I'm really wanting to ask if they could get a lot of people to do something, what is the one thing they would get us to do? Like, is it just to give money to experts or is it volunteer ourselves? What is actually going to be the most effective? May Imagine I answer that, that for you, Sophie? Yeah. In my opinion, after researching this thing and finding out that it's a chemical soup, basically, that they're putting out there in the Gulf, the one thing that needs to happen, and again, as many people as we can get to do it, is we've got to provide the way for private enterprise to take over this with the many solutions they have by stopping the federal government and BP from using this corrected product. Oil is easily cleaned up. There are even human hair put in a stock. 
What would uh, what pat what pat would be the most dangerous of the two at the moment? Would it be the oil or would it be the chemicals that are being used? Well, oil's not good. It, you know, it's just not good by itself. But what they have done is they've made the problem even more of a toxic soup by using the corrected product. And there is a definite uh, connection that we've been able to make between Nelco Corporation, who makes that product, and BP. It was executives out of the Exxon Valdez program that were working with this particular product, and again in the UK, but they, they made up what is called Nalco Corporation. So why did, why of all of the things, and Congress has asked this question of BP, and even though we haven't, uh, had our president talk directly to the CEO of the company, um, the fact of the matter is Congress has asked the tough questions of, uh, McKay and some of the other uh, people that are executives in the industry, and they've asked the question, why is it that they pick the most of the top um, poisonous products that could be used that are on the EPA list? Well, there's because it's a relationship that can be proved between Nelco and BP. My, I suggest to you, and this is, we are, uh, we are at the place and have documentation, when BP comes out and says that they're making $9 million a day since they have this thing has gone down, it tells me that, that probably the product, that corrects it product, is being inflated in price to be able to make up that difference. It's like them taking money out of one pocket and putting it into another. Let me jump in there then. If we are aware that the chemicals are not good and we are aware that we have hurricane season upon us what sort of message could we get out there sophie hawkins could you perhaps illustrate the the type of message that we could get out in your world right that's what i want to know it seems like i have to tell everyone please do this let's do this together right now something that we can do without the federal government saying, no, you're not allowed in, or without all this. All these things are really important, and why we need a free market and all this stuff. But we really need to tell people what to do. And also, you know, it's worth it to give money, because I know it's worth it to give to Waterkeeper Alliance, but against the kind of, um, what do you call the forces that you're talking about, like BP and this chemical corporation, people are going to go, well, why should I give money to Waterkeeper Alliance? Nothing's going to change. We have to inspire people that things can change if we do something. Well, of course, your music is, is one of those parts of that solution. Music touches everybody's heart. And, of course, people in places such as the one that you hold and people in Hollywood can make a huge difference. Well, they um, need to start saying the emperor has no clothes. I mean, really, honestly, they have to say, hey, we could be talking about the Bush administration right now. We could be talking about any administration. And the more blame that happens, the more it sounds like old times, you know. We've really, really got to get uh, clearer on our mission as Americans. So, so this is a good opportunity to do that. To come together. Would you would you certainly agree that as Americans, it's not only about America, but it's also about the whole whole world here. That yes, is it, yes. Is it but stake? I want Americans to stop acting like victims. 
because we have been sort of taking the approach where we're kind of victimized by our government. We're victimized by this administration. They're victimized by that one. And now it seems to me almost sometimes the leaders are acting like victims. Well, what can I really do? You know, so I think that, yeah, it is the whole world, but we used to be leaders with great values, and we had great things to do and to give, and I think we're that way. That's who we are. We can be the leaders in alternative energy. We really can. Everything you're talking about here, look how brilliant we are. Look how much we have to say and give. We've just got to get the cement off of our heads. You know what I mean? What would you say in response to that, Pat O'Brien? Well, Sophie is exactly right. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, we are uh, going to bring on a guest on this program. Uh, we're working right now to bring on a guest that uh, founded a Tea Party. Whether you're, again, left, right, sideways, it doesn't matter. It's all about America's standing up and using all the resources we have to be able to stop the poisoning of our Gulf and to be able to bring in the free enterprise to be able to clean it up. There's just so thousands right. of people ready to go. Let me ask you then, Pat. Let me let me ask you realistically, while we have Sophie here, what is it that we need to do immediately? If we are looking at the decimation of the fishing industry, we're, we're really looking at some, some people in trouble down in your right. neck of the woods. What is the first thing, with, with being very pragmatic here, what is the first thing possibly that we have to look at doing? Because you are a Floridian, and you're clearly very worried about this. What would they appreciate down there from the rest of the country and the rest, rest of the world? Well, you know, again, the, I don't think that the, the average Floridian that isn't watching the news very closely, although uh, in recent days watching, remember I told you uh, just uh, a few days ago on this program that the story was number 13 on the list of stories being covered in the news. Well, now it's about number three. You know, you have your first murder, you have your second huge accident, and now they're talking about it. It's gone up to the top of the local news. Where, But again, they're not saying the right things. They don't understand the chemistry of what's going on with this, this soup. And they don't understand the threat that is uh, there that is being created by using this toxic product. No matter what part of the product that you want to call is bad, it's making the problem worse to the place where we're getting literally acid rain coming up here. Now, you're over on the uh, East Coast, I understand. What is the rate at which this oil, if it continues at its present stream, meets with your, your side of the of Florida there? When, when could it potentially be that side of Florida? Well, it's going to get into what they call the Gulf Loop, and it isn't uh, long now. It's already encroaching into Florida and Pensacola, it only has to come down to south uh, to Tampa to be in what's called a Florida loop, and it'll just loop around Florida just as fast as it can because there's like a Grand Canyon that's there, and it actually has a swift movement that goes around the state of Florida. It's not long from now. I would predict in less than a week. We're already seeing car balls coming up on Key West, and I would say less than a week we're going to start seeing it uh, decimate Key West and come back up the east coast of Florida. So Any this kind is of this storm is just going to bring that up this, uh, even more. This is going to have an impact, I take it, 
on the economy at this stage, on the travel industry, on, on the hoteliers? Yes, I checked, I checked the, the, the statistics right now. Tourism is down 60% in Florida. This should be the height of our tourism right now. We're down 60% occupancy. Well, I, um, think that this, I think this all indicates the severity of the problem and that it's something, you know, Sophie, you'll probably agree with me, when, when you're the other side of the country, I think people tend to turn a blind eye. They, the, and America is so big, um, you, you think it's so far away that they can cope. But it's obvious something that's going to affect the whole economy. Yeah, for for generations, they say, and I think it's going to aff- the toxicity could affect us for generations, and who knows if our ocean will ever be the same in our lifetime. What? I really love that you guys are talking about we've got to start um, being, uh, we've got to support the entrepreneurs, and I still want that sort of that one one way to do it and and all that i can think for now is the water keepers at least down there but you're right we've got to start doing the alternative um it would almost be alternative what would you call alternative healing of the ocean right now to support americans who can do it right now what are you going to do further now i hope this has been informative and my goodness me i think you're going to be so impactful with with this song what is it uh, further that you could do now um, on your in your neck of the woods, Sophie? Well, that, that's a great question. I think now that I did the initial, I came out of the closet basically in my uh, belief that that I'm really here as uh, as many things. But I'm going to like say if I feel like it, the emperor has no clothes, I'm going to say we all need to to behave better. We all need to become leaders. We all need to fill that void. Now that I've come out and said it and seen that I that I that I got positive reinforcement um, from all kinds of people. Now I think I, I can start challenging people to come with me and go further than I could ever go. And I think that's the next step is like, okay, now I've got th- my feet on this ground, and now I'm on this radio show with all this incredible information. Now we have to take, step it up and have to bring more people along and focus more people. And I didn't even know I could get this far, but let's focus more people. This is an incredible opportunity. If I can just go back to you, John, are you still with us? Yes, yes. Hello, John. Uh, Just in the the final minutes of the program here, uh, could you just indicate practical ways of perhaps utilizing a safer material? Uh, Yes, I I would use uh, bioremediation, such as our PetroClean or Seabrat. It's basically less dramatically less toxic chemicals which are similar to soaps they're they're made with an industrialized purpose and they have live oil eating microbes and then try to remove the toxins remove the contamination are there many are there many organizations that have this material as well john uh, i don't believe many that have an effective material well can you get it to them like in other words who owns the ocean can we can we can we go and start using it? That's what I want to know. Yeah, if we can get through the holdup, there's been a bureaucratic holdup basically that seems to end at BP every every time we get closer. Really? Yeah, see, BP put us in, and John John has a wonderful product, and we had um, uh, we had Joe Mason on with us uh, with Indusco uh, that has a product. There are so many of these products, and I'm trying to get Mike Huckabee on to talk about the many people that um, have I solutions to this problem. The idea is we have to get BP out of the oil cleaning up business. They already made the mess. We have to get our government to relax on the EPA and allow these people that have products 
to come in to be able to clean up the job. It's going to take many different companies now where maybe maybe John had a solution on day five to be able to do this. Well, he didn't because we're not seeing the amount of oil on that TV camera that everybody is looking at. We're not seeing but a 20% of the amount of oil that is actually there. Senator Nelson of um, the state of Florida went on MSNBC. He knows that what had happened the night of that crack, it actually cracked the floor of the um, uh, of the ocean, uh, and, and some people are reporting six mile wide crack. Right. And out of that, the the oil is there are plumes, three oh. other plumes other than what we're seeing. Let me ask that you, are Pat. Putting in a lot more oil into the Gulf. Let me ask you, Pat. What is the general atmosphere over there uh, at the moment? How are people feeling in Florida? Are they feeling the authorities have the capability to take care of this? No. Absolutely not. And, and again, neither in New Orleans. I've seen focus groups um, uh, where they're, they're actually saying people that are in the fishing industry and losing their very livelihoods are saying, for example, keep drilling. That is the majority of the people in a focus group I watched. Uh, the same thing over on uh, the coast uh, here in Pensacola area that's getting decimated right now. Uh, all of these people are saying, look, we need to get somebody other than BP and our government to clean this mess up because they're not getting it done. And why the thing the is, they don't do know that? how much more is coming, Sophie. Why, why can't a state like Florida and or, or you know Louisiana say, listen, federal government, this is our shore. We're going to handle this the way we they want to. Why can't they I, I can tell you why Florida isn't doing it, for example, because Charlie Chris is running more for senator as an independent than he is being a governor. Um, that's the problem. And, uh, you know, our senators have not spoken out either side. I've worked with both Senator Lemieux and Senator Nelson. We're hoping to have Senator Nelson on this program uh, at the end of this week to be able to come on and tell us why haven't they stepped up and stopped this? I think the key to this for everybody is to put their minds together to to come up with a immediate solution. I yeah, think, now um, I'm thinking that people should just say, look at this is our state and we are the people and we are going to do this. I'm almost thinking I can just imagine people like you know, marching down there and saying, we're going to do this, and the federal government, you haven't done it for us, so move over. I just I just really wish that could happen. Well, like, but, yes, but surely that would possibly be not terribly organized, and it could probably yeah, create right. more problems than you would imagine. David, excuse me, but the only one I've seen that's really stood up and tried to do something and has done something is Bobby Jindal, governor of Louisiana. Yeah. We need more Bobby Jindals out there to step up state by state by state to get this action stopped. And he's been, you know, he's not just uh, doing photo ops like uh, we're seeing with most of these people, like Governor Charlie Crist, uh, along uh, arm-in-arm with Obama walking down the Pensacola Beach. We're seeing Bobby Jindal up there unto his ankles and his knees uh, actually trying to stop the oil from coming in. And he knows as much as anybody else. I talked to my my personal congressman in the area that I'm in. I had a half-hour conversation with him the other night. He's saying, stay on topic and get it done and say that they've got to stop using the Corexic product. 
They've got to uh, get BP out of the oil cleaning business, get the government to relax their operations, and bring these privateers like John and like Joe and, and these other privateers in and that have actual solutions to stop up this oil. This oil is going to continue on. The only way they can stop the, the oil in the Gulf right now that we're not seeing is by imploding it. I'm going to come in here, if I may, Pat, because we're out of time. I'd like to thank all of you today for being on the program. I hope, Sophie, that this has been extraordinarily helpful to you. It has to me, and I'm sure it's been helpful to our listeners. I think it's these sorts of conversations that possibly will show people, prove people that that there is a problem, but nevertheless, we can all be heroes today. We can all take care of this, and we can all come up with solutions, and I really hope that your new track uh, will assure that it, it is yeah. a, a wonderful piece of music, and I really hope that you have great success with it. Thank and you. Don't and don't just think listen to it on the oh. David Gibbon show. Actually, go and buy it, make a donation. Yeah. That's, that's the, the thing. thing. That's the thing. Because let's support the people who are doing something. That's the other thing. Even if we can't do anything, let's support the people who already are, like you guys and like Waterkeeper Alliance. Well, Pat O'Brien and uh, Sophie Hawkins, John Sheffield, thank you very much to all of you for uh, being in the program today. Thank you. And to our listeners, I hope you have gained a lot of information out of this program as well. You can gain information on this and any other program in the series at davidgibbons.org. Meanwhile, we'll let uh, Sophie Hawkins' track play out of the program today. And wherever you are, I hope that you can be a hero today. We can all be heroes, we can all come up with instant solutions to this and make a better world.
David Gibbons in Discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.